This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hi, my name is Peter Tomasi. Hi, this is James Hyman IV. Hi, I'm Dan Jordan. Hey, I'm Duncan Wynn. This is Jim Lee. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Mark Hamill speaking. This is Kevin Conroy. This is Tim Sale. Hello, everyone. I'm Batman, and you're listening to my podcast. Hello and welcome to the Batman Universe Comics Podcast, Season 12, Episode 23. I'm your host, Ian, and with me I have... This is Steph. And this is Theo. As we have been doing for the last several episodes, I want to ask what my co-hosts are reading or watching. Just a few things that are keeping you busy during this time of Batman comics. Uh, I have been catching up a little bit on um, Red Hood, which is good (laughs) readable i guess um but i've actually been working on a couple of house projects so um oh in particular my awesome pikachu halloween costume i made a mask and ears today um so i haven't been doing too much media but i did watch enola holmes the other day and that was cute it wasn't like the groundbreaking amazing thing people are saying it was but it was cute it was a good family movie it was cute Yeah. yeah I, I enjoyed it. You know, it's not something that we should we'll we'll see at the Oscars, but no. <laughs> definitely not. But that's no, about it, it. Good, it. It was good seeing Henry Cavill in the in the yeah. In he a was a nice role. little Holmes. He, yeah, he was. People were complaining he was too emotional, but I was like, this is his baby sister. Shut up. <laughs> he can be emotional if he wants to be. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I and and. I can never get too much of Mycroft in any genre. I remember <laughs> a few years ago, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar actually wrote a comic series uh, starring Mycroft, which was pretty damn good, you know, considering uh, it's a retired basketball player that wrote it. But it was pretty good. Yes, I, I, I'm, I, I've been reading Sherlock since elementary school. You know, I got... My very first complete collection of Sherlock when I was in the sixth grade, seventh grade. Oh, so, oh it's too dry uh, for me. I can't read it. Oh man, I'm with you, Theo. I I love that series. Uh, just there's a uh, new there's a new anime that just came out called uh I think it's Moriarty National Patriot or something like that, and so it stars Moriarty. So I'm kind of interested in giving that a check. Because that seems, I don't know, hopefully don't make him too nice of a guy. <laughs> I mean, and, and also, if, 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 if there are any Sherlock Holmes fans who are also comic fans out there, um, Titan, Titan Comics has a series starring uh, Irene Adler. So, you know. Yeah, I've been seeing sure, that at the store. Sure, yeah, Sherlock's Boo even, even have her own series now. Uh, I think it's maybe issue four, issue five that's that's currently out. 
Sounds about right. But what have you been reading as well, uh, Theo? Nothing. Theo is still living out of boxes. Uh, All right, he, Theo and the Great Move. Yeah, as Theo completes the Great Move, I was expecting uh, my desk to come in today for my office slash Batman cave. Uh, but, of course, it was too big for the uh, postal worker to carry on her own, so I'll be picking that up tomorrow, and hopefully uh, by week's end, especially since I'll be home alone on Halloween, Aww. I'll be able to get some stuff together. I think it was two Halloweens ago, I tried watching uh, the Dark Justice one with Constantine and Batman and, and Ka- not Katana, Zatanna, and I forgot how many bad words there were in there. And the little children were coming to trick-or-treat, so we stopped watching it because all the little babies kept coming to our front door. You didn't know that was rated R? I did, but you know, ugh, do you know how you don't realize how awful a movie is till you watch it with your mother? And you're like, oh, I forgot. I'm so sorry I forgot about all the boobies. <laughs> so that kind of happened, yeah. Yeah, these, these, these comic movies... Animated movies got real bold after uh, Deadpool. Was that after? Yeah, I guess that was 2016. Yeah, I think it was right after Deadpool. Big mistake. Don't do that. (laughs) If you're going to let kids come to the door. (laughs) So Trick-or-treating this weekend, y'all? No. I need to figure out how to socially distance throw the candy at the children without actually chucking it at their heads. Why don't you just, like, wear a mask and stuff? I did. Oh, I made a Pikachu mask. It's awesome. Yeah, I might just do that. But just leave a bowl of candy at the door. That's actually better because then everyone's sticking their hands in it. Yeah. Um, I don't care. I've been. (laughs) My daughter's grown and gone, and so I don't have to worry about none of that anymore. So I've been reading some books from the library. Elisa Quitney, who's known as a comics editor and writer, she did the Convergence Batgirl miniseries. Um, she did a couple of steampunk romances. One of them's based on, based on Frankenstein. And so I checked that out. It was kind of cool. Uh, also been reading a kid series books called Incorrigible Children about some kids who are raised by wolves and their governors. And that's kind of a funny sort of kid's take on Jane Eyre. That's pretty interesting that my family's been reading. And I also had a comic sale at my local comic shop and picked up a couple of mid-2000s trades, actually early 2000s trades, um, Ravager Fresh Hell by Sean McKeever. That's a Teen Titans backup collection that is very hard to find these days. And also, I picked up JSA versus Cobra. haven't finished rereading that yet, but I'm very excited because that's the sort of conclusion to the Checkmate series that Greg Rucka started, and it's by one of his friends, uh, Eric Troutman. We do have a little bit of news. DC has decided uh, mutually with, um, what's the uh, other one? UCS. UCS, the second comics distribution service that it um, deployed when it broke ties with Diamond Distribution. And now only Lunar uh, Distribution has a setup with DC. So they're solely distributed by one company. This does leave us in a better position than we were before the pandemic. Uh, Diamond no longer is the only comics distributor. We have Diamond and Lunar. It is a little less uh, 
positive than I was hoping. I liked having three because they'd all sort of compete and try and get better and uh, try and innovate with technology because a lot of the stuff is still really um, not super well uh, digitized and, and automated. They... The rumors seem to be that uh, UCS was not finding the distribution uh, business as profitable as they hoped, so it doesn't sound like DC was unhappy with the service, that it was more of a mutual decision. They also instituted a $500 minimum per store, which is fine for most physical stores, but I've uh, talked to my local comic shop and they said that it is causing some problems if you're a local, not a local, uh a digital storefront. So if you're a digital storefront, you're going to have a lot fewer um, units sold. So meeting that 500 could be a bit more difficult. So I didn't know that because I've always bought from a physical store, which has always had a big enough order to meet 500 quite easily. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on our um, the exit of UCS and going down to just Lunar as distributors for local comic shops? Well, hopefully they will start. Well, hopefully they will uh, start releasing sales numbers again, so someone could have her sales number article job back. Because I enjoyed doing that, and there hasn't really been any numbers released by both LCS or or whatever it was called, the other one, <laughs> uh, or Lunar. So so maybe be going down to one, they'll they'll release those numbers. Yeah, I've now I've personally heard some some shops complain about issues with uh, UCS and and you know some of the charges that they may have been putting on the front end. But you know, I I don't know. Um, I I because of where I live, of course, I don't have a LCS uh, close to me, so I am a dcbs customer which is of course lunar so it doesn't affect me much at all anyway um like steph i i hope that by dc having you know one distributor now that we could probably start getting sales numbers again uh accurate sales numbers at least uh so that she can do her yeah. her her charts and Things of that nature, but also it, it gives us, you know, as podcast hosts, an idea of of where some of these books that we cover are going, uh, you know, because that is news, you know, when those things when those things are available. Um, you know, I, I think what DC ultimately was looking to do was to try to force Diamond's hand with regards to upgrading their their infrastructure. You know, a lot of stuff that Diamond does is stuff that they've been doing for decades and you can you can see it in their in the service that they provide as well as uh the complaints from um some of the shops that have dealt with diamond over the over the years um but i hope you know i hope dc knows what they're doing you know a lot of people are are blaming the the other distributors be it ucs back then as well as lunar for what's going on but you know it, I, I hope everyone understands that this is dc making 
these decisions. You know, DC is making the the five hundred dollar minimum order. Um, you know, so DC is putting a lot of this stuff in, and I just hope they know what they're doing. They don't put their foot in their mouth running back to Diamond at some point in the future. Excellent commentary, Theo. I think you're definitely right, and I also hope that DC's being thoughtful and uh, innovative in the way it approaches its business, because we need innovation in comics, because the world has been changing for quite some time, and because we've been stuck in this monopoly distribution system, it has not been changing for comics nearly as much as it should be. Okay, so let's get to our comic reviews. Of course, we have our normal Batman number 101 and Detective Comics number 1029 to review today, starting with Batman number 101. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Written by James Tynan IV. Drawn by Guillaume March. Batman and Catwoman talk on the roof, Batman remembering the past, with Tim as Robin confessing that he's been doing Batman wrong for too long. Flashback to a week ago, Batman fighting Grifter, a high-tech mercenary, to get into Lucius's building. Lucius tells Grifter to stand down as his bodyguard and tells Bruce how things are going. Bruce is out at Wayne Enterprises, still very rich, but will not be able to be as ridiculously high-tech and destructive with his tools. Bruce leaves Lucius and his kids, Tim, Luke, and Tam Fox, in charge at Wayne Enterprises, and tells Grifter that he knows what Halo is. In the present, Batman tells Selina he's moving into a brownstone in the city, and that they both need to attend to their own business for a year before they can truly commit to being together. Selina agrees, and they decide to spend their last night in a while together in the brownstone without furniture. So, what did you think of Batman 101, our first issue after Joker War? I have mixed feelings about it, obviously. <laughs> um, I like the setup for the slight change in status quo. I mean, when has Bruce ever been away from the Batcave and the mansion? So that's kind of a it's a cool change in dynamic without completely changing him as a character. I love the idea of him having to be a little more careful. You can't just fly three bat jets to suburbia or not suburbia. Um Siberia and just be okay with them crashing. Like, no, no, you need to go back and fix those. Um, so I like that. I loved some of the imagery. Like, even if it was just a flashback of Tim, just seeing a Robin in a bat book again was nice. <laughs> uh, and this stuff with Selena, uh, I mean, so <sighs> I like that it was mutual. I like that they still love each other. <sighs> Stupid, but say it, it, say it, say it. It's stupid. But I can accept it if I have to. I guess, especially since Batcat is coming out next month or whatever, sort of next month, December. And so it's uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. It's great. (laughs) Sets up a lot of cool story ideas that will be coming. So it's only. It's not even a setup issue. It's like a interlude with spoilers in it i guess i don't know but it was cute sort of maybe not maybe not <laughs> i'm trying to be happy 
I, I, I too am, am torn. Uh, yeah, it, it was okay, but I, I am so not a fan of the, oh yeah, let's just take a year apart so we can each do our own thing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just not feeling it. I, I truly, truly think that it, DC may be setting us up for failure come a year from now when they're supposed to meet up and get back together that either it's not going to happen and they're just going to pray we are going to forget or um, they'll each, each have new interests of their own. And I just need to make sure I'm very clear. If there's any mention of a ship between Bruce and Harley, there will be fights and riots coming from Louisiana. Uh, what 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 I did like was the bits and pieces that it seems that JT is laying that's going to lead us into future state. You know, we see Lucius, you know, basically laying down the laying down the ground rules for Bruce and what he plans to do with Wayne Enterprises. And we see that we see that the rest of the Fox family, including Tim now, uh, is all all in the fold. And and we know that um, you know, future state, you know, really Batman run mini is going to uh focus on the family. So I, I, I do appreciate that that JT is laying the groundwork for that. But it's 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 tough for me to truly enjoy the issue despite the great art. But it's it's just it's tough for me to truly enjoy the issue seeing that DC just doesn't want to let us have nice things. I I'm a I'm a bit more positive on this issue because I thought it was very romantic and I don't think that James Tynan is interested in playing with Batman having another love interest. I mean in general he hasn't actually done a ton of Batman romance and he likes Batman and Catwoman based on his work in um, Batman Eternal. So he usually either just doesn't have Batman with a romance or he has uh, Batman and Catwoman doing their typical, you know, anti-hero versus hero flirtation. Uh, That's definitely how he played it out in Batman Eternal. I am with you guys. If we do have some kind of love triangle or anything with Harley or anyone else, honestly, I don't want Batman to have another love interest right now uh, in this universe. I don't mind it in like uh, the White Knight universe or, or something. You can explore different relationships in different universes. But in this main universe, after so much time has been spent on Batman and Catwoman, I am uninterested in another love interest right now. Um, so if they bring back Talia or they um, bring back Julia Madison from the <laughs> Super Heavy Run or any of that, I will definitely join you and there'll be Minnesotan riots as well as Louisiana ones. <laughs> and Hadley better keep his hands off Selena. Darn right. I mean, like, I don't mind someone having a crush on them, but it better not be returned. 
Yeah, that's the cop from Villa Hermosa that seems yeah. to be following her everywhere. He's John too attractive. I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> He's too attractive. You don't like him? <laughs> Danger. Okay. Um, but honestly, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think that there's a couple of things going on here for me. And looking at it as a fan of the the Batman universe of books, including alternate universes. So we've got Batcat coming up. And I think James Tynan doesn't want to duplicate the emotional journey that King's going on. Um, I don't. I think you could easily do uh, Batman and Catwoman together in the main universe and in another universe. But I think that Tynan has lots of big plot plans and doesn't want to accidentally step on anyone's toes. And I honestly think that's what he's doing with Ram V too. Cause he and Ram V are big friends. He passed off justice league dark to Ram V and seems to work really well with him. Um, so I think he wants to sort of be respectful to Ram V's space and not do a bunch of stuff with Catwoman in his book that requires Ram V to do a bunch of stuff to, you know, rewrite and stuff. And that kind of coordination, while it's nice for us fans, it requires, a uh, lot better editorial than I think we still have. I think James Tynan is trying, but I think this is his compromise so he doesn't create too much extra work for everyone. Um, I also think that just in terms of the plot that James Tynan's playing with, I don't think he wants to compromise the Batman-Catwoman relationship by trying to create drama. I mean... I think all of us have been very frustrated with the constant breakup teases on the covers for the last year. And I would be fine if they stopped doing that and they just were like, they love each other, but they're busy doing their own stuff. So stop with the breakup teases. It's one thing the ongoing series is, and this is like everything TV, whatever um, struggle with is once the drama of the couple coming together is done, what do you do? And I think a lot of times like, one of my favorite shows is Psych. And after Sean and Juliet got together, they really just kind of wrote her as the girlfriend who happens to be a cop. Whereas before that, she had been like a vital component to every episode. So it is long, long-term relationships tend to be plot poison for a lot of writers. And I think it takes a very talented writer to be able to write a married relationship well in a story so it, it, i would understand maybe tiny wanted to focus on the meat of the story and not worry about spoiling the catwoman stuff especially when other people are writing her right now so you know whatever. and that's really frustrating to me because i like long-term relationships in fiction yeah. uh, and of course real life but i don't see why you couldn't write two people committed to each other as having their own plot lines and goals, but still, you know, spending time in an issue. I mean, they do that with Lois Lane and, and Superman. They have their own plot. Exactly. And, and, and you also had, you know, Tom King doing his vision family when he was at Marvel. So it is definitely possible and plausible to do. And I just think DC whiffed at the idea of, of, having that in main continuity because of course you know batman can't be happy <laughs> he has to be this miserable wasn't that didio though wasn't that his philosophy or am i confused Is that but i think but i think at that but i think at that point um i think at that point the decision was already made that king was off before didio left 
Oh yeah, that was long before DDO left. Yeah. And I honestly, I mean, to sort of sidetrack, there was a review, not a review, an interview with Tom King where he revealed some of the really drastic editorial interference that DDO personally uh, <gasps> did to him. Was that on the podcast you posted the other day? Yeah, it was. I need to listen to that. It's a really good podcast. Um, I think it's Absolute Comics, their YouTube channel, and it's the Tom King interview. It's very good. It gives a lot of insight into what he was dealing with. And it sounds like... After issue number 50, editorial just kept telling him to do stuff. Like they, <laughs> they told him, okay, so he says, I'm going to shoot Rick, uh, I'm going to shoot Dick, and then I'm going to fix him with Zutana. And DC was like, nope, he's going to be Rick now. And then they said, uh, then, then he said, I'm going to have Bane be the final villain. And DC was like, nope, Thomas has got to be the final villain. <laughs> and so he's like, Okay. Well, then, I remember even before before the before that that interview, he admitted that you know Alfred was gonna be killed and it was gonna be completely immediately fixed. And they were like, "Yeah, no, don't do that." Well, the the story there was that he he wrote it. It was gonna be a scarecrow hallucination, and Dan Didio literally bought the comic from a store instead of having the preview copy. He bought the comic from a store. <laughs> called Tom King and said, Alfred's going to stay dead. And we're like, this, there are like four comic scripts already written, dude. You, you just, you just made everyone have to rewrite two months of comics. This is ridiculous. So I, I think that there was really, um, I, I do think that DC wanted to, to get a more, a safe Batman. And that's why they've had, uh, Tynan come on the title but I think King agreed to it because there was just so much frustration with what the story he was clearly trying to tell and the story that editorial made him tell and oh, I definitely I, I, feel I, that I, I I have no doubt that it was King's intention to marry those two and DC Diddy or whoever got cold feet and said yeah we're gonna um doing about face real quick yeah and he, he they were like king you can do this thing where they're married in their hearts but you can't actually have them do anything wow that was a, a long detour but <laughs> <laughs> to, to get back to batman 101 what did you think of guillaume march's art for this issue i tell you what he redeemed himself from uh <clears throat> the infamous new 52 bat catwoman number <laughs> which go into incognito if you've never seen it you know, you don't want it on your search history or your work computer. <laughs> don't definitely don't look it up at work. But um, yeah, this was romantic and sweet at the end. Like he really did some gorgeous silhouettes and and just figures. I mean, it's totally you know still hypersexualized, but whatever. Um, I really like the art. I, I don't think he really got to much uh, word like portfolio his talent like he did at the beginning of uh whatever it was dark shadows or whatever <laughs> dark designs where you know it was all the bad guys all creepy and that really isn't he's at a limited pool of characters in this one but he i think he did a great job and it's all very dynamic and wet and shiny and it was great yeah definitely i i, I really loved march's work here on this issue uh he he's a he's a great person to have as a backup if if Jorge is going to be off the title for a, an issue or two. So uh, 
I don't want to add too much to what Steph has already said, but yeah, this was this was beautifully done. I truly enjoyed it. I really agree. I love the image of the flashback where Batman and Tim are swinging across Gotham. I love the way he draws the love between Batman and Catwoman. And I thought the fight between Batman and Grifter was really cool. Like you got a mm-hmm. sense of how high tech Grifter is and how skilled and, and just powerful Batman is. Like it's a really just cool fight sequence, um, which is good since it's the only action thing that happens in the whole issue. But um <laughs> I have to ask though, is is Lucius walking around with cornrows? Um, I think we're meant to see that as the the effects of the torture, because we've got so many, you know, scars on his face. I think the hair is also scarred from torture. Yeah, it, it, that was the weirdest thing to me, especially considering Lucius's age. And I'm like, why did it look like Lucius is walking around with many cornrows in his head? Oh, maybe well, if it's like not, Ron I'm, Glass I'm and Firefly. I mean, not Firefly. Um, Serenity. If it's not, I'm happy that that's the case. I, I didn't notice it. I was mostly noticing his face. It. Oh, the scars on his face are just, ugh, heartbreaking. That man has gone through hell for Batman. He has. Okay. Um, next question. What do you think we're going to see going forward from this issue? So we've gotten some some teases, both from James Tynan's newsletter and from other um, rumors. But from this issue alone, what do you think we're going to see? Um, probably more drama with, well, not drama, drama. More tension, I think, with the foxes. Because I think Lucius is less willing to be his yes man now. Uh, especially since, you know, he doesn't have the money anymore. <laughs> um, no, I, I like the setups that Tanyan has, has set up, the changes that he set up. Uh, and I haven't really been too paying attention to the solicits or um, rumors. So I'm just, I'm willing to be surprised. Um, I do hope that we get an occasional cat visit. I mean, that's what they do. They come to your window. Knock, knock. Hello. Do you have some milk? Please. Thank you. Um, so, uh, this got, uh, very detailed. Oh, oh, you dirty minds! <laughs> like a saucer of water or something, but you know, whatever. Um, anyway, I just hope she shows up occasionally. That's all I really want. Can the muscular bat let the pretty cat in? It's a G rated show, people. That's how I'll take right there. Are we? I don't actually <laughs> yeah. know our content rating. We are meant for the whole family. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, I, I don't, uh, I try and do keep us off the har- harsher stuff, but I think we've had some double entendres sometimes. <laughs> well, that, those are okay. Kids don't understand those. All right. So. Yeah. Theo. Uh, oh, yeah. Theo, what are your thoughts yeah, on going yeah. forward? Well, he, he really likes stepping out on me. Think he now does. That. I think he wants yeah. to move things along. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I I like what's what's being set up again. I think he's he's leaving a lot of hints as far as what we are going to see in the future uh, with the Fox family. So I'm interested in that. I'm interested to see uh, Sir Bruce and Mister Grifter go at it some more because uh, we know in the solicits that Grifter is going to be around for a few more issues working working for. Uh, Lucius and and Wayne Enterprises. So I I am going to be excited to see those two butt heads once again and see the outcome of that. But um, 
all in all, I'm also hoping to be surprised, uh, you know, and, and pray that, you know, not everything that, that that's listed in the solicits is all we get. Uh, you know, while I don't think the, uh, the cat will come tap, tap, tapping on the window uh, of Bruce's new place. Uh, it'll be interesting to see some some guest stars from time to time. But I would like to see how Bruce adjusts to being in the city. You know, he always had the refuge, the, 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 the I'm about to say refuge. He always had the manner to go to for rest and escape but now he's going to be in the heart of the city so it's going to it's going to be interesting to see how he he adjusts to that once he makes that big move i think that we know something's going on with uh the halo i don't know if that is halo the superhero or halo some kind of technology uh i don't know who grifter's working for space marines Halo, Space Marines. Never mind. Don't worry about it. Oh, that one. <laughs> it's I was a genre I was, crossing. Or, I was uh, very uh, much in uh, the the Batman and the the Justice League and Outsiders mindset. The Bungie DC crossover. Or I mean, heck, why not? <laughs> Batman could be a Space Marine. Yeah, so if we can't get Marvel in DC, might as well. <laughs> uh, clearly, there's something going on with Grifter. Um, because Batman hints that he has another employer and there's something going on called Halo. There's also, um, you know, the ongoing plot line that we know is going to happen with, uh, with Clown Hunter, because he's clearly mentioned. Punchline's trial is going on. Now we know that's going to start in the one shot. Uh, it's coming out next month, but there's also going to be stuff that Titan said in his newsletter is going to play and sort of in the background. And I think that's really cool, sort of like having things happening that will come into prominence later. I like that kind of writing. Um, do, do we know if, if, if the one shot will be the start and the finish of the trial, or is it going to be covered in the main line as well? The hints seem to say that it's going to be covered in the main line as well. I don't know for certain, but that's what the newsletter seemed to imply, that he said it's going to take place over the next year. Because trials do take a long time, and I'm guessing that Punchline's smart, so she's figured out a way to drag it out so she can get the Joker's message out, which is her plan. So those are my predictions. We didn't really find anything out about Ghostmaker in this issue. So we know Ghostmaker's coming, but uh, from this issue, I can't really tell what's going to happen next unless he's connected to Halo. So that's my predictions. I want to get to our ratings, and I'm going to say ratings out of Batcat Smoochies. Well... Well, in that case, it gets five. But, um, uh, two and a half, but, like, not for lack of merit. I don't know. It's just nothing much happened, I guess. Two and a half. It, it is a three for me simply because of the art. Uh, the, the art brings it there. If, if, if not for that, I, it, it'll probably be a two, two and a half as well for me also. I'm giving this a 3.5, uh, largely because of the art, but also I really liked what Tynan did in terms of the enjoyment on the page. I am of concerned. Of course you did. Of course I did. I'm a JT fan. <laughs> um, but I I am concerned. So I, it's not that I don't share my co-host's concerns about going forward. I just, this issue itself did a lot of stuff that I just enjoyed reading. 
um, over on the website, Scott gave it a three out of five. And I think that leaves us roughly in the three out of five space out of the four of us. Um, I don't know if someone popped out a calculator to get the actual average, but that's my in the head. I take the half from you and give that half to Steph. So that makes Steph's a three. So then three, 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 and three. Yep. Sounds like a three. All right. <laughs> Brilliant. Take um, that common mat. Oh. Or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. Okay, so I would like to solicit our loyal listeners for reviews. If you like what you're hearing, um, please let us know. Uh, we have many ways you can reach us. We have tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. That's our email address. We have our Discord server, which you can find linked at thebatmanuniverse.net on the sidebar. Uh, we're always open to questions if you have any questions about batman or the podcast or anything we've got channels for all those things we have our twitter at tbu underscore comics if you want to tweet us especially on questions about the episode or answers to our question of the week if you're a patron our patreon homepage has spaces to leave comments so please leave us there if you have any interesting thoughts as one of our supporters we also have pages at Stitcher, iTunes, Amazon, any podcast app, really. Uh, but Stitcher and iTunes have probably the best place to leave reviews. And if you leave a review, we'll be happy to read it on the air. We, of course, would prefer all five stars. But if you have a comment on the review section, we will read it regardless. All right. So let's get to our second review of the night. And that's Detective Comics number 1029. Detective Comics 1029, written by Peter J. Tomasi, art by Kenneth Rockefort. A mysterious figure in a reflective helmet is speaking to a small group of citizens. In post-Joker War Gotham, the figure, named the Mirror, appeals to the emotions of the citizens in attendance as to the cause of what's wrong at Gotham. He doesn't dismiss the role of Gotham's rogues in their contribution to Gotham's misery. But he also presents the argument that places blame at the feet of mass vigilantes, specifically the Bat family. To make things right for Gotham City, the mirror presses to the crowd that the family's identities must be brought to light. At Wayne Manor, Bruce continues to pack boxes as he prepares to move away from the manor and into the city, as seen in Batman 101. As he carrying boxes, he passes Alfred's old room. After looking over some photos, sitting out, and reminiscing over past memories with his adopted father, he decides that Alfred's room will be the last one that's packed up. Later, Batman is giving chase to some robbers who have taken a hostage. As they race through the Gotham streets, someone shoots a rod at the Bat-Cycle, taking out the front wheel. The felons think they've gotten away, but Bruce has latched on to the getaway vehicle with a grapnel gun. After pulling himself in, he disposes of the driver before taking the wheel himself. After taking out the other two robbers, Bruce stop, Batman stops in front of the GCPD station. A crowd gathers and begins to demand that Batman unmask as he takes off into the Gotham skies. Little does he know that the mirror is watching from a distance. 
later, aboard, aboard a private yacht docked at Gotham Harbor, Bruce Wayne appears at a fundraiser for the Nakano for Mayor campaign. He wants to gauge just how much momentum the anti-vigilante sentiment is gaining throughout the city. As the former officer gives his pitch to the members of the 1% that have gathered, would-be robbers seize the boat and set it out on the water with the intention of funding their own campaign. Unbeknown to them, Bruce has signaled for help. Before the help could arrive, however, Nakano attempts to play hero himself, causing Bruce to take some action of his own to keep the mayoral candidate alive. Eventually, the cavalry in the form of Nightwing arrives and quickly takes out the remaining felons. The would-be mayor is ungrateful, however, blaming Nightwing and the others for the cost of his turmoil. Nightwing leaves in disgust. Back at the Batcave, Bruce is going over the events of the evening. He quickly realizes that someone has been in the cave. His black casebook has also been taken and replaced with a blank copy. Other than Alfred, only one other person with access to the Batcave knows about the black casebook and its location. Damien. So what do you think overall on Detective Comics 1029? I liked it. I mean, we get a little bit of Nightwing, him gradually coming back into the fold after not remembering anything. Um, We get a teaser of Damien in his old assassin's gear. That was exciting. Um, I'm not a big fan of the mirror. This had a very... um, as as Thea was reading, I just really had a strong vibe of uh, uh, the third Nolan Batman movie, Dark Knight I got Rises. Like that. Yeah, like I was just thinking of of Selena, you know, going like, "Oh, you can't even get poor like the rest of us. Like you can't even go broke like the rest of us," because <laughs> he at least you know he's a millionaire now instead of a billionaire. Um, but uh, I overall I I liked it. I'm not, again, not a fan of Mirror or that whole, but I think reflecting on Alfred, watching Bruce pack the house, watching Bruce on a yacht, I think those whole stepping back from billionaire Batman in the cave thing is giving us a chance to see more Bruce, which is something I've been kind of craving. So hopefully that will also transition into relationship with his adopted sons and biological children and, you know, relationships that I've been so sad that we haven't been getting in these books. So I'm I'm more hopeful about where this book is going than, than Batman. Not that I'm disappointed in Batman, but now that we have Damien and kind of Nightwing associated with this one, I'm kind of excited. I am going to channel my inner stuff as I begin this. <laughs> Think of my baby! That last panel just just Seeing my boy Damien, and again, everybody who knows me knows knows that I am a diehard Damien fan. But seeing seeing Damien back in Detective was just such a thing for me. And, and again, reading the solicits, I knew it was going to happen. We knew Damien was going to come back, and it was going to be you know an arc regarding the 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 case book. I didn't think it would be this soon, but I am happy. Uh, you know, Damien has gone through a whole lot of stuff uh, 
recently over the years uh, with certain writers and and you know of of the current slate of of DC writers and Batman writers if there's one person I could see that can fix all that's been done wrong with Damian Wayne and and that's Peter Tomasi so you know seeing seeing him on that last panel and again Tomasi and I have actually spoken you know about this a while back when I met him at a con and you know he was he told me how you know DC said that he had to keep his hands off of Damien for a while and and now he he has him back and I hope that he is uh able to use the skills that we have seen him use with Damien over the years be it Batman and Robin uh just just to see him fix what's what's been damaged with such a great character you know again I, I always talk about you know how how Damien's just been such a dick in in the Batman universe, but he is still a great character. He is my favorite Robin uh, right now. So definitely that last panel just did it for me. Uh, but with the rest of the issue, it also brought joy seeing that there is some uniformity in the Batman universe again. You know, we 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 see the we we see the aftermath of what's happened in Joker War taking place. You know, we see in 101, Bruce says, I'm leaving the manor. We move on to Detective, and he's packing boxes. You know, we, we I have been asking for this for as long as I've been a member of the site and a part of the staff, and I'm happy to see that that we're finally getting there. And I hope it sticks around for as long as it possibly can, uh, because I just think that brings so much, so much ease to reading the titles, you know, where you, you don't have to wonder, well, did that happen in tech or did that happen in Batman? You, you, you now have some, some uniformity in, in the world of the bat. And, and I am here for all of that. I thought this was okay. I thought it was a little less cliched than the last issue. I thought the last issue was just a little too uh, predictable in the plotting, and it didn't quite have the character connections that make a, a really standard plot work for me. This one was a bit more interesting, and even though I actually prefer Nicholas Scott as an artist to Kenneth Rockefeller in general, I think Rockefeller's worked better for this story. Um, this run. I'm not entirely sure why, just it struck me better for some reason. Next question, uh, what do you think of Mirror as a villain? Well, I kind of already answered that. It's fine. It's stupid. I mean, if you're going to be anti-mask, I wouldn't be surprised if it is, uh, what's his name? The guy who's running to be Mirror. Tanaka or whatever. But it's, it's hypocritical to wear a mask and be anti-mask and anything that makes, I don't know, hate and divisiveness and creates a scapegoat that we can blame for all our problems just agitates me. And so I'm not a big fan. 
Yeah, in the end, I I think the mirror is just going to be some minor plot point villain that by the end of the arc will go by the wayside and that there is a bigger story. I I am truly hoping that the bigger story is uh, Bruce going after Damien and clashing with Damien over the over the case book. And I I, I think even the campaign with Nakano might be a bigger story than the story with Demera. And uh, it is what it is. I see him dying off the same way the designer did. And um, uh, what was the other character with the helmet that um, from Brian Hill's run on Detective? Uh, just one of those guys that's there to, you know, move the plot alone, and then once that, that arc is over, we may never see him again. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is what it is. I tend to agree. I didn't think Mira was very interesting. His look was cool, and Rockefeller drew him really well, but honestly, this is basically the darkest reflection villain from Simone's Batgirl way back at the beginning of the New 52. It's not a particularly interesting villain, and because we don't get a lot of depth to him... He mostly just has that cool scene where he reveals all his masks that he's collected, even though those characters are still around. So I don't know what he's doing, if they're just replicas or if they're like old masks from old battles or something. They're from a costume shop. Yeah. <laughs> it just it just was like a cool scene, but then you realize he didn't actually beat these people, so it doesn't mean anything. Um, do you think that this issue feels really strongly affected by the status quo shifts after Joker War? I mean, a little bit. I mean, a lot of the emotional punch came from the fallout, you know, him packing up and reflecting on Alfred. So that was good. Um, and yeah, like, like Theo said, like the the connecting of the two books about where Batman's going to be living, that was good. Batgirl was a little confusing, but whatever. Um, they didn't really. But anyway, whatever. We're not talking about Batgirl. Uh I don't think it's too strongly affected, and I think that's the way it's supposed to be because it's just kind of, and now it's over, and there's a few few rogue uh, Joker people around, and and the just life goes on with the new status quo, and I think that's that's fine. I, I agree. I, again, as I, as I said earlier, I think the, the ultimate story here is going to be Bruce and Damien, and if it is, I am okay with that but you know i think we we i think we got the enough of of that emotion you know from from joker war to keep things uniform again it's it's one of those things that i've always wanted to see between the books and and you know even if even if all we get was bruce packing up and moving out, that that's okay, you know, if, if there's a bigger story to tell. I was disappointed. I would actually like a much bigger status quo shift scene in terms of impact on the citizens. We get a little bit of that with Officer Nakoma running for mayor, and I did really like seeing him having a fundraiser, because that was something I was really concerned about last issue, where he's like, this guy's not even like a, a detective. He's, he's like a, a uniformed officer. He's on the street. He's got a very tiny paycheck. How in the world is he running for mayor? And so we've got 
a fundraiser. So that makes sense. But I still want to know who's making the introductions, who's sort of behind it all. Because I feel like there is a bigger plot behind Nakomo than just, you know, his passion to unmask Batman. I think that someone is behind it. And I hope it's not Mirror, because that would be kind of dumb. I would I would hate that. Yeah, it would be disappointing. Um, or if it's vice versa, I, either way, if, if there's a connection with those two, I would be yeah. disappointed. Because because I like the idea that Nakomo is you know an antagonist to Batman, but not a villain. He's got good motives. Like, and if he's in league with a villain, that just kind of immediately poisons the water, and it's just not as interesting as a genuine conflict of interest. I also I'm thinking about things like um, New Gotham, the two trade issue. Uh, follow-up to No Man's Land that Greg Rucka wrote for Detective Comics, in which you have a whole series of plot lines that are spinning directly out of the events of No Man's Land. Whereas this one doesn't feel nearly as connected. There's not a sense of the greater city affected. There's just one or two characters. So I just kind of wish that Detective Comics was taking more of a, a Gotham-level look instead of focusing quite as much on you know, flashy supervillains. Let's have some, you know, corrupt land developers or um, some gang action. I mean, Batman, <laughs> Batman's fun enough cults. Let's have him fight some gangs now. <laughs> um, but I don't know, just, I felt that this was a little bit of a, a missed opportunity in terms of setting up that status quo and how it's different from before. Because I feel like mostly this issue could have been written before Joker War as well as after. Um Last question. I think I know the answer, but was the Damien tease at the end of the book the best part of the issue for you? Yes, it was everything to me. I love him. Ugh. And he's in his old suit, so it makes me worried about his state of mind. Is he eating okay? Is he with his mom? Where is he? <gasps> I'm fine. It's it was made, it made me very excited. I'm very excited for next issue. Uh, yeah, I am. I am. Definitely, man crush for Damien. Uh, so it was great to see him, see him back, and to see that he's going to be interacting with uh, his dad again, even if it's going to be a little violent uh, in one way or another. Uh, so yeah, and if anybody got any problems with that, schoolyard, three p.m. after the bell rings, meet me there. So. For me, I don't know if it was the best, but it was a really nicely done tease following up on the, the tease about Black Casebook in Detective Comics 1027. So I am excited to see what's going on with Damien next. And Bilquis Evely, I think, is going to be doing the art soon, and I'm a big fan of her stuff. So what do we give Detective Comics 1029 as a rating out of five bat masks? Uh, well, it had Damien, and it had... Nightwing, and it had emotional Bruce. So I think personally, I probably like this better than Batman. By no fault or of lack of merit of Batman, I think I like this better. So I'll give it a three out of five. So, so before I give my rating, I, I just want to give kudos to that variant cover that Lee Bermejo did. Uh, I'm typically not the biggest Lee Bermejo fan, although I loved his work with Batman Noir, but uh, big props for that that variant cover. Uh, for me, yeah, I definitely enjoyed this better than Batman as well. Uh, the only thing that kept me from making this book a four in my review uh, was the art. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with 
I'm okay with Rockefeller. I like his art, but in the current rotation of artists on on Detective, he's my least favorite. Uh, Brad Walker being my favorite. Uh, so because I wasn't all that crazy about the art for the issue, I gave it a three and a five, three out of five, three and a half out of five. I'm sorry. I think I'm going to give this a 2.5 out of 5. Uh, it was average, but it's still not pushing the story or the status quo or the characters forward in the way I'd like. And the tease, while cool, it was literally just a teaser for the next book. So it doesn't really add to the content of the story of this issue. So I am excited for next issue, but that doesn't really affect my rating. So that's a 2.5 out of 5 for me. And I think that gives us, again, another 3. <laughs> Steph, you distract him. I'll push him down the steps. <laughs> We're allowed to have different opinions, even if we're wrong. <laughs> Apparently, we're allowed to have different opinions with broken legs. <laughs> um, bad, that, that was Ian's bad take of the episode. <laughs> um, I, I just am so full of the bad takes. And by the way, that was a reference to our deceased cast. Please do listen to our take. We're recording episodes every month about the Tom Taylor penned series Deceased and all its spinoffs. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. So check those out. Let's get to our listener feedback really quickly. Sorry to interrupt, Master Booth. Ringing your phone now. This needs my attention. We just had two quick takes. Caspian on the Discord said, Batman Begins is also my favorite in response to our little anecdotes about the movies last episode. On Twitter, Tsukikara1203 said that she liked Joker War, but they wish that the Joker had died. And quite honestly, I've been wishing the Joker's dead since No Man's Land. So I feel you there. We do that's, have... That's a long... That's a pretty long time. Uh, well, I mean, I actually didn't read no Man's Land until like 2006 or so. So it's only about 14 uh, years, but still gotcha. 14 years of wanting him dead. <laughs> yeah, I read it. I read it. I read it when it came out. So I'm like, that's a, that's a, that's a long damn time. Ian. 20 years. <laughs> to, want, to want somebody dead. I mean, it's the Joker. He just keeps killing people. I think it's okay. All right. So let's um, get to our question of the week. What is your unusual team-up book that you'd like to see in the Batman universe? So this rules out your standard things like Batman and Robin, or even any of the Robins, or my favorite team of Batgirls. I'm going to give an example, uh, and that's The Signal and Batgirl. So that's a team-up that we haven't really seen, and this would be Barbara Gordon Batgirl, because we've seen Signal and uh, Cassandra Kane teaming up a lot. So that's an example. Now, my team-up that I'd really like to see is I'd love to see the We Are Robin gang teaming up with um, the uh, the Huntress because Huntress is a former school teacher and I think she could have a really interesting dynamic with uh, the We Are Robin kids. So that's my unusual team up that I'd like to see. What about oh, you, folks? Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. You are you going? Are you going? Uh... Grayson, Hello Bertinelli, Spiral School Teacher, or oh, I mean, Huntress has been a okay. So Bertinelli Huntress has always been a school teacher. She was a school teacher in the nineties, right? Uh, right, but but uh, you got to be a little bit spe- specific now because you know. I mean, I'm kind of just, treating just, them as the same character. <laughs> just, okay. Doomsday well. Clock makes it legal. <laughs> 
Um, um, I'm not too creative. I wait, mean, create, wait, 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 create a question. So this is limited to characters within the Batman universe. Yes, they have to have some connection to the Batman universe. So anything directly like Superman, that's a no. If it's like a a liminal character, I might allow it, but it has you have to make a case for it being Batman. So nothing like World's Finest or a Wonder Man, Wonder Woman, Batman type team up. None of that. Because I was gonna say, since Harley, she doesn't have a book anymore, right? And she's not on Suicide Squad, and. Jason is all by himself. So I was thinking an outlaws Jason and Harley book would be pretty fun. And I think Damien should join too, but I think that kind of breaks your rules of the Robins being together. So Damien or uh, Jason and Harley being outlaws together, I think would be. That would be really interesting. Although I don't know how on board Jason would be with someone who stayed with the Joker for so long. I think it would add an interesting dynamic because they both want him dead. So. Yeah, they both want him dead. So, so I think it would be. I think it will work out. Okay, so I think our illustrious uh, senior editor will enjoy this one, but I'm going to say Batman and our good friend Bobo, Detective Chimp. Yes. Oh, that would be the best thing. Oh, you're just pandering to to Dustin now. <laughs> Yeah, but but I, I I and and what and, and it's funny that you asked the question because I, I on social media someone had actually posted a few panels of their interactions from from a previous issue where you know Bobo figured out where Bruce was just by you know knowing his mannerisms for wanting to see the entire city and the only place to do that was from up above and had to be from the highest central point in Gotham. And, you know, Batman asked, well, how do you know what gargoyle I'll be sitting on? He's like, well, it's the only one that's not smiling. <laughs> Bruce is like, what do you want, Bobo? So I, I would definitely love to see that dynamic um, expounded on and, and see more of. So give me a detective chimp Batman book and DC can have more of my money. Readers, let us know what unusual Bat family t- pairing you would like to see um, on Twitter at TBU underscore comics, our email address TBU at thebatmanuniverse.net, or on the Discord. I want to thank our patrons and other supporters. That would be Gerald Green, Joshua Lappin Bertoni, Rob O, Real No Deuces, Tim Garassi, Robert Lewis, Ian Miller, Stephanie Mounts, Donovan Morgan Grant, Stanton's Grave, Donald Townsend, Ed Grouse, Theatus Wright, Brendan Roberts, Hannah Gar, Captain America, Mary Garrett, Austin Davis, Johnny McCloskey, Sam Isaac, and Cody. Thank you all. You help us keep the servers up for this podcast, and we really love making the podcast for you guys. So thank you for being members of the Bat family. We will be here in a couple of weeks covering Batman 102 and Detective Comics 1030. So looking forward to that. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been Ian. This is Steph. And this is Theo. And stay safe, Batman family. Any more updates on whatever, Days of Future Past or whatever? The Not much on <laughs> Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past. Oh, man. DC needs to figure out 
how to get that DC Days of Future DC passed or something branding. 